Hey listeners, Alex Hannard here. Just a heads up during this recording of the Build Shaves podcast, about 27 minutes into today's taping, my four-year-old entered the broadcast recording room, bumped my audio equipment on accident. I didn't realize that until the 40-minute mark. So there's about a 13-minute stretch in the middle of this podcast where my audio quality takes a bit of a dip. I figure it out in the end, and the final... 15 minutes, let's say, are back to normal. But just a heads up, once you get to the 27-minute mark, if things are a little, eh, less than ideal, no big deal. Just wanted to give you a heads up. Enjoy this podcast, a really fun episode with Bill, myself, and Mitch Stroman, play-by-play voice of Northern Arizona Athletics. Enjoy. You're listening to the Bill Shaves Podcast presented by Midco Sports. Another fall season is almost here and Midco Sports has it covered like nobody else. Starting this month, tune in for live coverage of college and high school football in the Dakotas, including Fighting Hawks football broadcasts both home and away, as well as Summit League volleyball and soccer and so much more. Watch on Midco Sports and stream on Midco Sports Plus. This is how we do sports and this is the Bill Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shaves Podcast. We're taping this on a Tuesday morning, the 15th of August. Alex Seinert, Build Shaves, and we're proud to be joined by special guest, the voice of Northern Arizona Athletics for over a quarter century, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mitch Stroman. It just means I'm old, Alex. That's all it means. It just means I've been around for a long time and I've been able to survive. But thank you very much for the intro, and it's great to be with all of you guys on Midco. Awesome. Thanks. Appreciate it, Mitch. Uh, so, Mitch, I was going to call you an NAU institution. Is that just mean like old, too? Is that kind of how it goes? Yeah. That mean, <laughs> see, the, see the color of this right here? Yeah, I see it. Very gray. That, I'm, I'm pointing to the chin whiskers. They're all gray. It just means, yes, I've been around for a few years, but it's so great to, to see you two guys and excited for NAU football to, to come out to the Alaris Center and, and Grand Forks and take on a, a an older Big Sky foe who's uh, now a non-conference team. Really excited for it. Yeah, we are excited about having you come up and, you know, just talk about that. You know, I know you all always kind of have that back and forth between Arizona and Arizona State. And I think it's Arizona right this year. So you start off with them uh, first week of the season. And uh, yeah, I talk about your team a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, looking at the uh, the results from last year. Holy cow, you lost five games, one score games in the last three we're by a total of six points. Holy cow. Yeah, Bill, um, that, that's a great point, and you're absolutely right about that. It was a, it was a crazy season from that perspective, the, the five games that we were in a position to win uh, going into the last final moments of the game in some cases, but just not quite able to do that. Uh, some of those obviously were, were heartbreaking losses in the extreme. Uh, I think of Montana State, for example, getting a late touchdown right before the end of the game on a miracle bomb of a pass by their All-American quarterback in the Sky Dome at Flagstaff. It was crazy like that. But you, you can look at games like that, guys, from two different perspectives. You can look at them as, okay, we weren't able to close the deal five times, or you can look at it from the more positive viewpoint that we were in a position to win against five teams, including teams like Montana State, 
that were uh, top teams in the FCS last year. So there's there's two two prisms to see that through. I choose, of course, to look at it through the more positive prism. And I think that in honesty, you, you look for what was the missing element in those types of games. And I think at least it, it certainly appears this way at this point uh, in the preseason before the opener at Arizona, as you, as you mentioned, Bill, that uh, head coach Chris Ball and his staff have uh, mined the transfer portal appropriately, that the transfer portal has been very kind to the NAU Lumberjacks and Flagstaff during the offseason. And some of those missing pieces that I'm alluding to, I think have been filled and we could be a very, very interesting team to watch in 2023. So one of those, uh, I think, is in the trigger position, right? So you're, you'll have a different quarterback, right, uh, yes. under center? Yes, very much so. In fact, um, our former starting quarterback, R.J. Martinez, uh, transfer portaled himself back to his home state of Texas and is now playing for the Baylor Bears. Having said that, uh, we had a couple of transfer portal players come in. One of them is a uh, Pac-12. Um, wait a minute. I mean, Pac-10? No, wait. Pac-4? What, what's the number now? now? I, I can't what day is it, Mitch? It, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's, it's a, the Pac-something or other. Uh, it's, it's a transfer from Cal, the Golden Bears, one of the actual remaining teams mm-hmm. in the, uh, the Pac-whatever. And he's an Arizona high school product gentleman. Um, he's in competition for the starting role of, of quarterback for the Lumberjacks when we open at U Arizona here in a couple of weeks. And then uh, we have a guy that came up through the system. He's an Arizona product, young man. Uh, Angel Flores is his name from Casa Grande, Arizona. That's in the southern part of our state. And those two are in contention big time to to be the trigger man in the offense when we open at Tucson uh, here in just a couple of weeks on September 2nd. That would be the big 12 Arizona Wildcats, is that correct? Correct, except is it really the Big 12, Bill, or is it the Big 13, 14, 15? Who knows what it's going to be by the time September 2nd gets here? I I keep hearing strange things about more realignment issues that are coming up here in the next couple of days. So who knows what it's going to look like? We'll circle back to that conversation in just a second, Mitch. I do want to ask you, though, so this, the team has been picked, as you expect. I mean, they, they finished 3-8 and eight last year, a lot of close losses, but picked towards the bottom of the 12-team Big Sky this year. But it feels like expectations are different internally than they, what, what they are externally. Give us a feel for what the talk around the team is and what type of team we should expect here coming up this fall. Alex, you, you, that's a great question from all the way back in the upper Midwest that you'll be able to pick up on the vibes that are actually really happening in Arizona. I, I, that's really cool. The expectations but are low, as you said. And, and honestly, uh, not just the media, not just the coaches in the, in the preseason prognostications that, that we do every year in the big sky, but just across the board, anyone that, that you look at, national publications, websites, they're all very low in terms of the expectations uh, for NAU football in 2023. And, and I get that. I, I understand that. You, you, you made the argument right there in your question, Alex. It was, it was well said. Three wins last year, eight losses. Bill, you talked about the five close losses. There, there's reason for that to be the case. Having said that, 
uh, on the ground here in Arizona in Flagstaff and having an opportunity to to watch the team closely during spring practices back in April and now uh, preseason camp practices going on right now as, as you and I are speaking, there's a different vibe with this team and a different chemistry. Uh, the, the transfer portal, as I said, was very generous, not just at quarterback guys, but at a lot of key positions that needed help. And we have a couple new coaches on the staff. And from what I've seen through the first couple of weeks of practices, it's been a long time since I've seen a, a camaraderie and a chemistry with the team at this point in preseason camp like I've seen this year. Uh, we have not just significantly upgraded the roster. I think we've upgraded the heart and the, the mental capability and the, the emotion of this team. There's just a different set of leadership. There's a, there's a different feel about the team. They all know what the prognostications are. They, they are aware of that. Totally, 100%. And I think they might walk into this season with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. And they know that the schedule is, it's daunting. I mean, we open at Arizona, the Wildcats in Tucson. That's going to be a team that's going to be wanting to really get some revenge from what we did to them, beating the Pac-12 at the time, Arizona Wildcats in, a, in an amazing game two seasons ago in Tucson. Uh, head coach Jed Fish and his team, I'm sure, will be ready for revenge against us. Then we come to your neck of the woods. We, we, we go two time zones to Grand Forks and the Alaris Center and, and take on a, a team that was a playoff team last year in North Dakota and is such a great program with head coach Bubba Schweigert and what he's done there in, in your neck of the woods. Uh, that's a tough way to open up the season, but it's also a, a tremendous opportunity. I think the team sees that to try to find a way to make a statement and say, hey, look, you think we're all going to finish seventh and eighth in the league? Keep an eye on us now. What do you think of us now? So I, I think there's there's at least some optimism internally with this football program that suggests to me that the low expectation might just be the perfect scenario for this team to surprise a lot of teams this year. Well, interestingly, Mitch, and the reason why when I was looking at the uh, the results from last year, it was very reminiscent of what we dealt with in 21. We were five right. and six and we lost five uh, games within a score. Mm -hmm. And, it, it, you know, in sometimes you can go one of two ways the next year. Right. And so uh, we know what's coming in to the Alaris Center for sure. I, I've seen too much of NAU football to understand that, uh, uh, you know, every every game is its own, but uh, it should be uh, it should be fun. And there's familiarity between the programs. Yes, I, I love that. And, and you're absolutely right. The familiarity, you know, with North Dakota having been in the Big Sky Conference for a decade. And, um, you know, we've made several trips uh, out to the Alaris Center during that time. And you guys came to Flagstaff over that time. And uh, I thought it was a it was a great addition to the Big Sky Conference at the time. Was sad to see you guys go. But I understood that. And, you know, this is the this is the era of of teams having to do what's best for their universities and their programs. And to be able to come back out now in a non-conference fashion, it does. It, it brings back some great memories. And I, I just absolutely, I'm a Midwestern boy. I'm from Minnesota originally. And, 
and just uh, just love coming back up there to the upper Midwest. And I'm most delighted to be able to come back when it may not necessarily be 38 below zero. Uh, having said that, on a few trips like that over the years, especially with basketball, it's it's a it's a great chance to uh, revisit that Big Sky rivalry and and uh, do so in a non-conference way that I think really benefits both teams because it, this it's it's so hard bill and you understand this as much as anyone i've ever known in my life it's really hard to schedule good fcs opponents uh, right. in this in this day and age and to be able to kind of get a schedule like this uh, missouri valley football conference big sky conference i think it's just fantastic no doubt 89 degrees high today here in grand Ooh. forks today mitch so there Ooh. you go what's the humidity out there right now though oh, man <laughs> I, it, listen man i'll take whatever's out there today <laughs> <laughs> so alex i think you wanted to go down the realignment rabbit hole we've got someone that's sort of in the heart of realignment country right now and mitch i was yeah. just curious you talk about well we'll talk about the arizona arizona state stuff in a sec but from a big sky perspective sure. the, the league has been really stable. I mean, outside of North Dakota leaving a couple of years ago in right. Southern Utah departing for the WAC. I mean, there, there are 10 full member schools there, 12 for football, of course, and it's been that way for a long time. What's the feel inside the big sky right now of where that conference is at? Are the members happy? What do you see happening in the years ahead? You know, that's an interesting thought on that, Alex. I, I love that question because it, it it is kind of almost the antithesis, isn't it, to the realignment craziness that's going on right now. You look at what's happening with pretty much everybody else out there, but you you raise the good point. Big Sky has been really pretty darn stable with just a couple of exceptions. And I think that's a reflection of the leadership that the conference has had from our commissioner and his staff. Um, he's a visionary and he has done, I think, a really good job of positioning the Big Sky Conference to be stable and having that stability in this, this crazy maelstrom of conference realignment of, you know, you, you, we're going to the ACC, we're not going to the ACC, we're going to the, to the Big 12, we're, we're going to the Big 10. You don't know where you're going to wake up next morning, look at your your Twitter, your X feed, pardon me, and and say, okay, my team just went what? Um, Having that kind of stability, I think, helps allow the Big Sky teams to to build their programs and be more competitive on the national level in the FCS. And I think it's a true testament to the leadership at the conference, the, the, the presidents, the athletic directors as well, that have worked diligently to um, ward off suitors, uh, and you know that they're out there. Bill, you may know this even better than I do, being in the in the uh, the the business that you are in as an athletic director. Um, you know, hang on and 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 keep our teams and and our universities happy. And it's it's a real nice delight to know that we're not changing at the moment here in the Big Sky Conference. And I think it allows us to be able to have that that great stability to build programs to be more competitive come postseason time in football. Yeah, well, it continues to be one of the flagship conferences in the FCS and in that mid-major range for a reason. And I think that that fact that you know who you're playing every year, there's continuity and familiarity within the programs. All those things make a big impact versus some of the schools, especially out east right now, that just it's hard to know who's in whose conference anymore. 
Exactly. Exactly. And and I I, I won't I, I'm not a Pollyanna on this totally, guys. I, I know that, you know, the only thing that that is stable right now is the fact that it's unstable <laughs> and and things could change in in a in a nanosecond. But it feels to me like the big sky is in the right place right now. And I sure hope that's the case, because I think we do. We have a really competitive conference, obviously, for football. We've really upped our game. We, we're now competing with the Missouri Valley Football Conference to, 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 to win national championships at the FCS level. That's really cool. You know, obviously, the next step now is to bring our men's and women's basketball programs up to the point where maybe we can get an at-large bid. Wouldn't that be a dream come true for the big sky? So there's uh, there's a lot out there. I acknowledge that, and I understand that it's it's fluid. But it, again, it feels like right now that the big sky out west uh, is is stable. And and if you think about it, we're the only FCS conference out to the western part of the United States. So there's there certainly is at least some geographic incentive to try to keep it that way. So, Mitch, let me uh, and thank you for that. Yeah, I you're right. Instability is probably the the word of the day for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I, so let's let's maybe end on a fun one. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, uh, being born and raised in Connecticut, grew up on Mike and the Mad Dog and uh, <laughs> certainly uh, listened to them quite a bit. Uh, driving to Quinnipiac as the uh, sports information director down 91. Uh, I, I listened to Jimmy Traina the other day and uh, NAU. Flagstaff was all about it because he had Christopher Mad Dog Russo on the uh, on his as his guest, and apparently his son Timmy is on your staff. Uh, and so I think I know Tim. I don't. Uh, I, I but I remember when he was born. So at the end of the day, uh, crazy that it's come full circle. And for a guy in your position, must be interesting to have someone like that uh, kind of come to Flagstaff. I, I think it's really interesting, actually, and and I think it's also pretty cool. Um, a couple of a couple of quick thoughts on that. Obviously, uh, if if the Mad Dog is going to be you know p- spending any of his attention span on Flagstaff and Northern Arizona University, I'm down for that. Uh, anytime we can get uh, a, a a sports media personality that's as big as is uh, Mad Dog Russo to to even mention. Northern Arizona University in the in the course of a sentence that's a win as as you know and and so there's there's obviously the positive there uh, I think it's also though a a, a great uh, reflection of of our head basketball coach Shane Burkar uh, he's got some he's got some chops in terms of attracting really good young coaches to our program and he's done it again and uh, that is really going to I think put a nice a fun spotlight for me personally as a, as a radio and television personality. Uh, I it's I find it cool, right? I mean, I mean, how cool is this? I can't wait to sit and talk with him a little bit, and you know, kind of pick his mind about uh, obviously the the big big elephant in the room in in terms of his background. But uh, I, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table as a basketball coach as well. And if he's like any of the other young coaches that uh, Shane Burkar has brought into the program, we got ourselves a winner here in Flagstaff on that coaching staff. 
Well, just make sure you have a couple tennis courts open for him when he comes, <laughs> when he comes to Flagstaff. <laughs> you got it, man. Well, how about pickleball? Can I do? I mean, I'm old. I don't do tennis anymore. I, well, hey, man, I'm just telling you, I, I don't think they get along too well, the tennis community and the pickleball community. So be careful. <laughs> You're right about that, Bill. No doubt about it. Oh. With that, I think we're I think we're good, Alex. Unless you have one more for Mitch. No, are I we think good? I think we are good. No, Mitch, we really appreciate you taking some time. And no, I know we've got September 9th, three o'clock circled on the calendar. It's going to be a great matchup. This is a three point game. Last year in Flagstaff, we expect another tight one for the second week of the season for both of these teams. Yeah, I can't wait, guys. I I just love the Alara Center, and I I love uh, the the football atmosphere in that building. It's it's like the Sky Dome, like that indoor facility. It just got a great feel to it when you're in there for football and and again it's 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 cool to be able to play a quality program like North Dakota in the in the non-conference part of the season can't wait to see you guys well it's only been a couple of years and uh we have new turf in there as well and so Ooh, it's nice. re- it's really it's really really good really good so we've done a, some improvements you know the city has been awesome to us as well we have great great partnerships so i think i think you'll enjoy it i think it'll be it'll be an awesome game like it was last year as well I love it. Awesome. Thanks, Mitch. You're very welcome. Excellent stuff from Northern Arizona play-by-play voice Mitch Stroman. 26 years Mitch has been with that program, calling games for football and men's hoops and women's hoops on occasion as well. There's going to be some excitement in the building. Now, that'll be, of course, UND's second game of the year. They'll play Drake to open the season the week previous on September the 2nd. And you will pose a different sort of test than what the Bulldogs will pose that first week. That's going to be a fun game between old Big Sky rivals coming up on September the 9th in the Potato Bowl, Bill. Yeah, I, you know, having a lot of familiarity with NAU, uh, the one thing that I, I've noticed over the course of time, sometimes, you know, you just don't know, it, it, like week to week, like they are dangerous. And, and mm-hmm. I, and, and I've seen it firsthand and, and it's uh it's going to be a challenge that game. Uh, you know, Drake, of course, they're all challenges. I mean, let's start there. Right. And I mean, again, mm-hmm. Drake's going to come in on September 2nd with uh, eyes of uh, trying to obviously, uh, you know, knock us off at that point in time. But, you know, to start your season with two home games is great. Um, but you got to try to hold serve and, uh, it will be a challenge, uh, um, certainly on the second and and on the ninth before, you know, we head to the FBS game, uh, in Boise. One of my favorite memories from UND football in my time covering the program was in 2016, Northern Arizona came to the Alaris center last week of the regular season. UND was undefeated in conference play. NAU was, was down near the bottom of the standings, but they jumped out to a 21 point lead in the second half. And North Dakota came back and rallied and won that game on a Deion Harris interception late. And it's uh, just just knowing that team and that program and sort of their resiliency and and just that that peskiness that's always there. That's again, throw out the record from last year. We talked about it again. They lost a lot of close games. They beat Sam Houston, for goodness sake, last season. And they almost beat North Dakota, of course, in Flagstaff. Uh, It's going to be a good team. Chris Ball's in his fifth season now as head coach. He's established the culture there that'll be a tough test, but it'll be fun to see how North Dakota does perform early in the season with the home crowd behind them against a former conference rival. 
Less than a month away. Let's football season, Bill. Let's go. It's it's right here. It's right around the corner. It's it's fun talking about this and getting excited for it. Yeah, I think I've been to more practices than I normally have gone to. Mm. I, I don't know the reason why. I, I don't I literally don't know why. Um, but I think I've been to maybe six of them so far. And you know, I, I just think our energy is awesome right now. I think our leadership group is uh tremendous and uh should be should be uh you know I, I well I can tell you this they're they're really excited for obviously the upcoming year and uh you know you bring back a fourth year starter quarterback and that helps for sure and uh you know um but you got to take advantage of certainly i i think having more home games and away games um and so that helps but at the end of the day you got to go and uh you know do all the cliches right take care of the ball do all those types of things and uh you know every every game is is difficult and you're right i you know when i was at eastern had a lot of um slugfests with nau as well um you know at times where uh, down in flagstaff and just holy cow one point game or whatever it was and so um they're always a tricky tricky opponent and uh you know we'll have our hands full for sure it was a North Dakota team that was picked fourth in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. So as you mentioned, coming off a, a trip to the postseason last year, nine players named to the All-Valley preseason team. Expectations are high now for Bubba Schweigert here in year 10, and you hope they can take that next step. And it, a good start to the year, of course, would certainly help. If you want to hear more about this UND football program, Media Day is coming up next week. A chance to really dig in and get to hear from the players and the coaches. So be on the lookout for a lot more coverage of that. Midcoast Sports is excellent original program day by day began last week episode one is out there on social media channels so stay tuned keep up with what's going on in preseason and then throughout the year with that program on midco sports and und athletics youtube and twitter or x or what again whatever whatever we're calling these social media platforms now lots of good stuff going on around the football program other programs have even started competitions not necessarily regular season competitions that begins later this week soccer got on the field a couple of times with a pair of Impressive exhibition wins, a combined 9-1 aggregate score over Jamestown and Manitoba. Volleyball got a scrimmage in as well this past weekend. Things are happening, Bill. Fall sports are here. Yeah, Saturday was a was a great day. Started uh, going. I went to uh, football practice in the morning and then uh, popped over to our green and white scrimmage uh, at the Betty. And uh, you know, I mean, uh, it was it was competitive for sure. I mean, uh, Coach Tupac's team, uh, very very deep. And it'll be very interesting, the rotations, how that works. Uh, I know he does have thoughts, you know, certainly going into the season about, you know, trying to make sure that he can uh, see as many lineups as possible. So, uh, you know, we're just right around the corner, his season's beginning. And then I went over to soccer, Alex, and, you know, to be able to score nine goals in two exhibition games, sometimes teams can be snake bitten scoring. And I, regardless if they're exhibition or not, I just think the feeling of getting the ball in the back of the net becomes, I think, a psychological thing more than anything. So that was really, really good. But we opened the season um, with a couple challenges. I mean, Montana has been excellent. Uh, They've been kind of uh, the uh, reigning champions in the Big Sky Conference for a couple of years now, and uh, um, and then uh, and then Boise State and then comes Boise State. in, and Boise's really good, and so we got a lot of home games, but we're going to start ourselves, uh, you know, pretty quickly, and you know, we'll we'll uh, have a familiar face back at, at the helm of uh, uh, of Montana uh, in uh, Coach Sidowski. So um, at the end of the day, we'll see how that all. Um, works itself out. 
Yeah, big match. Again, that's Thursday in the afternoon coming up. Again, you can catch that game on Midcoast Sports Plus. All those matches will be streamed yep. live. A handful, by the way, will be broadcast live on Midcoast Sports just on linear television. Same story with volleyball. That's an exciting development we're going to talk about maybe a little bit later. But this soccer team, you mentioned just the feel. Seeing the ball go in the back of the net. Last season, even though UND had a great year and, yeah. and Chris Logan, I think, was pleased with the progress they made. They finished top six. They made the Summit League tournament. Big bounce back year for them. They just, at times, it was a bit of a grind offensively. They had to shift some of their attacking-minded players into defense, into the back because of injury. And now this year, like Amy Leffler was one of those players who played a yep. lot of defense last year. And she's a forward. She's been able to play forward this fall so far. She has five goals in two games. Yep. So that transition has worked out okay. Same thing with like Sarah McCracken, who's a midfielder that had to play defense last year. They were so injury bit in different positions. And just to field your best 11, they had to mix and match. And hopefully this year they can stay healthy, play those kids in their preferred positions, and let that offense That's right. take shape. And we, we've seen that so far. So just exhibition, but you you like what you see when you put well it's it, it's impressive the the athleticism for them to be able to go back and play oh, different yeah. positions you know mm-hmm. but then to kind of go back into your natural position and I obviously you know in that in that sport uh you obviously want to get opportunities but you gotta you gotta put it in the back of the net and uh just getting that feeling was uh was really really good and some really nice goals too so yeah. i you know it was kind of like you know, you, you kind of looked at it and just, you know, my blink was, you know what, this team's going to be dangerous as far as at least uh, putting pressure on, on their opponents. Yeah, I mean, this is a team too, like they lose two of their better offensive minded players and Hannah Olsen and Bailey McNitt are seniors who graduated. But at the same time too, nine of the 11 starters they had for that quarterfinal match against Omaha in the Summit League tournament are back. Their goalkeeper is yep. back. Their back line's pretty much all back. Their midfield is all back. And obviously, they're going to move some kids who were in defense now back yep. up to attack in their preferred position. So, sky's the limit for Chris Logan now. In year seven. Not to mention the first years that we're probably not even mentioning right now, which is fine. Which is fine. But again, I I know he liked his recruiting class coming in as well. Yeah, I think so too. It's it's a it's going to be a fun team to watch. And as you said, first four matches of the regular season all at home over the next two weeks, and some big games: Montana, Boise State, Austin P coming to town, Minnesota State, Moorhead coming up yep. from on I-29. So some yep. fun matches coming your way. So get out to Bronson and support that team. Volleyball, you quickly mentioned, they have a scrimmage, or they have a, volleyball has an exhibition coming up on the 19th mm-hmm. against Crookston. Then they head out to Big Sky Country to take on a couple of different teams out in Bozeman. The yep. UND Classic for them coming up on September the 7th through the 9th. Cross Country has started as well. Ron Penn Classic, still a couple of weeks away. That's on September the 1st to get things started for Jim Barron Camp and crew. And then, yeah, football just around the corner. So all the fall sports off and firing and running and it's just again it is such an exciting time it's fun at this point in the year it's fun you know it never 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 gets old it's awesome one ncaa note to mention Mm. this is coming up next week so president charlie baker the new ncaa president former governor of massachusetts is going to be coming to south dakota he's going to be on the augustana university campus he'll be joined by john thune and Josh Fenton, who we're going to have on the show in a couple of weeks, little tease there. That's coming up August 22nd at 1 p.m. You can watch that live on Midcoast Sports and streaming on Midcoast Sports Plus if you want to hear from the new NCAA president on a number of different things. That's going to be great. I'm excited to see what he's got to say uh, from, a, from a D2, from a D1, from a bigger NCAA perspective. I think you're curious, too, how that conversation is going to go and what some of the yeah. points will be. 
I think everyone will be impressed when you hear President Baker speak. I've, I've had the fortune to be in the uh, same room a couple of times listening to him. And uh, he's, he's, I think, uh, really no nonsense, straightforward. I think um, doesn't hold back. He's not pulling punches at this point in time. But to have Commissioner Fenton uh, on the stage, I think is great. He'll be a great representation of, let's just call it, the non-realignment folks at this point in time. And so it will be very interesting to see what Charlie has to say in that regard. And then we were lucky enough, yes, Josh will join us two weeks from now when we record and we can kind of maybe talk in a couple different ways. Congratulations to Midco and the meteorite steal that occurred. Um, and so that's awesome. And then uh, also we can talk about that as well. So I think it will be good timing to have him on at that stage. Yeah, I think so too. So episode three of the new year featuring some of the commissioner, Josh and just on the back of a great meeting and a conversation with Charlie Baker. Be sure to follow this podcast feed. Stay tuned, pop back in, and check that one out coming up in two weeks' time. Phil, anything else from a UND NCAA perspective you want to touch on before we you bore everybody with a lot of soccer conversation. Well, you're, 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 I'm just writing it down on my podcast list right now. We, the pod needs to invite Charlie Baker on at some point hmm. in time. Might as well, right? I mean, your shot, I, you, you can always ask. <laughs> you can always ask. <laughs> you can always ask. That would be a good get. I know you mentioned Jimmy Trainer earlier. John O'Ran, Jimmy Trainer's show. They always have the big gets. That's what they call their interview. Oh. Week. Charlie Baker would be a big get. For the yes, he'd be a big get. So, okay. All right. I like a good challenge. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Year six. The year we, we take it up a notch here on the Bill Chips pod. Uh, speaking of taking it up a notch, we went from preseason soccer and, and just friendlies and all sorts of things to the big time as we flip to the B side. English Premier League started this past weekend's bill. Before the ball was kicked, though, the big news came out of North London that Harry Kane had officially signed with Bayern Munich and was leaving the club that he had been with for more than half of his life. We've touched on this a lot over the years. How are you feeling now in the post-Kane era? Yeah, I, I think the best thing I probably had heard through this whole thing. Now, Harry Kane is 30, going to be 31. And so I do think the way he plays, I think he's got another good four or five years in him, probably could be even more. I have no idea. Um, but so certainly I, I, he's I don't know if he's at that peak and then eventually will be coming down. But I do think this, you know, the timing of it. Uh, is probably good when you're actually starting with a new manager too. And because at, the, at at this point, if we had him this year, which would have been awesome because the way our new manager likes to play, he'll score goals. He would have scored goals. He scores, he scored goals in a very defensive way uh, uh, setup, but it's almost like at least you don't have to hit a reset again next year. To some degree, the reset has begun and how we play has begun and it's markedly different than what I've seen over the last three to four years. We'll get to Ange ball in just a second, because they had a pretty exciting match against Brentford to kick the season off. When you heard the news officially, when it came out, you got the, here we go from Fabrizio Romano. What did you feel inside? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'll say more what my son said. He just said, it is hard when you read it. Like you, like you, you, you can, you can kind of mentally prepare yourself, but you know, the fact that he didn't go to uh, uh, a premier league team 
and that you don't have to play them two times a year uh, kind of maybe makes it a little bit better. Um, the dollars are the dollars. I mean, certainly they would not have gotten anything next year, right? And chances are he probably would have been still in England. And so in some ways, if you can be rational about it, I mean, it probably was the right thing unless he would have signed a contract extension, which apparently that was something he didn't want to do. So I kind of felt like it was a little Mookie Betts-ish in a sense. Like I will absolutely say Mookie Betts was not signing an extension with the Red Sox. I, I believe that. Now, maybe if they went way overboard, he would have signed, signed the extension, right? Like, so yeah. at the end of the day, I, you can debate a lot of things, but it is tough if you're going to get zero for somebody like him. Yeah, especially someone that good. And especially when you can get, you know, nine figures which they got they got they got the 100 million that they were after from Bayern Munich and again that's 100 million pounds so like 100 and whatever it would be when you convert the 137 million dollars so that's yeah to me I think all, all those things and we touched this we touched on this in our last pod this was the time to do it it stinks when you lose someone that's been so integral to the club for so long it's a big part of the identity of Spurs and he's your best player etc and it obviously lowers the expectations for this season but that's probably okay. This was the best possible outcome, I think, for them. Given everything you just mentioned, he wasn't going to re-sign next year. He probably was going to go to Manchester United or Chelsea or something like that. And then you got to play against him. In the, and you were you would get nothing. Now you've yeah. got this 100 million pound kitty that you can bring a couple of guys in. That's right. People that are suited to the type of football that Ange, Ange Postacoglu wants to play. It's probably the best thing for all parties. And now you, now you hope that he can go and have some success in Germany. Yeah. And, you know, let's face facts. Um, if you're really honest with yourself, um, the issue will not be scoring goals for Tottenham this year. It'll be defending and it'll be keeping the ball from the back of the net. Now, some of that will have to do with scheme, but some of it does have to do with the actual roster itself back there. And so uh, if, if you could potentially, there's, I think the window's open for another couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. If they could be linked to one more defender, maybe that would be helpful. But at the end, um, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me if you saw uh, uh, like a Gareth Bale return at some point in time of Harry Kane going after oh, the, sure. uh, the scoring record at some point at like age 34, 35. I could see that happening. I could see that as well. That'd be a nice return for him. A a uh, a glorious reunion with people at White Hart Lane. So. And he's such a good guy. I I mean, I you know, there's never a bad word said about him. He's uh he's the best player on the team and probably the hardest worker and he probably was um just a grinder. Mm -hmm. And in um what I what I found somewhat comforting between the lines that you're reading between uh what Ange said he met with them day one and had an awesome conversation, but kind of knew, you know what, he was, he was moving on or he had mentally moved on and you know what? So they've been preparing for it. It just was weird. It had to get done to an 11th hour. Everyone needs a deadline, Alex. Everyone needs a deadline except Brighton, apparently, which we're going to get to in a second. Uh, I, so really quickly, the match two, two, you draw at Brentford, could have won it, could have lost it. Just your thoughts about the first game of the season. Yeah, I, I watched your match too, um, and it's interesting. Uh, it's in interesting. I thought both those matches were kind of uh, helter skelter in the first half, mm -hmm. and then it kind of settled in a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, although it was interesting, the way we want to play this year is to hold possession, and um, 
you know, we kind of held possession that second half. I, they almost tired Brentford out. I mean, it was really, I think Brentford kind of had to get to the end. And I think they were almost saying, you know, let me get a point out of this thing where it kind of felt like I think there was more chance of us getting three than them getting one. So now remember, we have not won a road game in the EPL since January. <laughs> so it would <laughs> have been nice. Been, it would have been, been nice to get one. But uh, so I, that that has not been awesome. But uh, so, you know, we we go at we go home this week and man, you, uh, you know, you take your shot with them. I mean, I, I man, you probably favored to win, but we'll see what we'll see what transpires. Yeah. Well, United barely beat Wolves. I know. Yesterday. I know. And that's a that's a Wolves team with a a new manager that is yep. literally like five days old into the job that everybody expects to go down. So who knows, who knows what's going to happen there. You might have a shot against Man United. Uh, you mentioned the other match from Sunday uh, featuring the, the, the Moises Caicedo bowl between Liverpool <laughs> and Chelsea. It was the, the game at yeah, the first half was really a lot of fun and Liverpool were dominant over the first like 30 minutes or so. And, and we're nearly up to nothing. If not for the slimmest of offsides against Mo Salah. And then Chelsea gets, Another goal very quickly and score again, and that's ruled off. And it just got a little crazy, got a little wild in there. It and did. Ends up, ends up finishing 1-1, which is probably about right. But it was all the saga before that was really the interesting thing around this, featuring a 21-year-old midfielder from Brighton nobody had ever heard of before last season. He has the distinction of being the highest transferred player in British soccer history for 115 million pounds. What a crazy thing that seesawed back and forth into the wee hours of the night. Bill, have you ever seen anything like this? And are you, and by the way, are you glad that this is not a thing in college athletics? You know, for, for those of you that do hang in here to the end of this uh, silliness that we do on the B side, um, thank you. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I've it took a lot of getting used to of how these sagas take place, uh, you know, in, in European football. But uh, this one was interesting because it was domestically. And what I did hear from uh, the, po- the Price of Football pod was uh, in the, actually Karen McGuire, who's the uh, uh, University of Liverpool professor who, who, who kind of is sort of the feature, if you will, on the pod. He's a Brighton fan. Um, they had bought him for $4 million. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty good profit. And that's what Brighton's sort of style is, right? They kind of, uh, they this is how they do what they do. And they've been quite successful. They know who they are, but they are going to buy low and sell high. And they did in this situation. I mean, that's just a cool 114 million pound profit. Not too bad. That's not too bad. And then the pressure... Really, you know, it's a different level of pressure for the player. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's one thing to play at Brighton and and really you're just on the ascent, if you will. Now you're at a big club with tons of pressure on you. The crazy thing is I they just have bought everybody. Like that's the crazy in the last 24 hours, Chelsea spent 115 million pounds on Caicedo. Then they turned around and spent 60 million on Romeo Lavia, who was another Liverpool target. And now they're spending $44 million on Michael Olise from Crystal Palace. Like, there are some financial fair play restrictions that are going to come in, but they were able to sell all of their, their dead wood off to Saudi Arabia in the summer. Yep. So they had yep. this cushion to do this. I just don't they All did. these guys are midfielders. I don't know where they're all going to play. That's just a bitter they, Liverpool they, fan speaking, maybe. No, I get it. But, they, you know, it's funny. Uh, Andrews Freeman, our, our head of academics, he he's a Chelsea fan. And we talk about this all the time. They kind of have like a band, seems like with a lot of tubas. <laughs> Doesn't it? Like, I'm not sure they have a drum. 
Yeah. I, I don't know if they have yeah. like like they just have a lot. They have a lot at their disposal. I don't know how they fit though. I don't know how they fit. This was the problem last year that they had and the year totally. before. Like they always have the squad's always too big. But the thing is though, again, this is a bulletproof club. I've always said this. They have the capacity to just vacuum up all these guys and then yep. send some out on loan and sit guys on the bench and then the ones that it, it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. We saw this is this is the thing. I, I just don't think that's the right way to build a team. But obviously nope. they've been able to make it work. They've won the Champions League. They've won Premier Leagues. They've done this before. But go back to what we talked about with our own women's soccer team. They really struggled to put the ball in the net last year. Last year they did. Yeah, it was hilarious that they couldn't score like, last like year. Like, they were just, like, they couldn't score. But what have they just purchased? They bought a bunch of defensive midfielders, Bill. They haven't solved that problem. That's the funny thing. They're relying on a bunch of guys that are really unproven at scoring, and they've added a bunch of people in defense. So we'll loop it back to Harry Kane then. I was glad he didn't go there. <laughs> he, would, he would have fit in very well there at Chelsea. He would have been exactly what they would have needed, a good old-fashioned number nine who can score. So we will see what transpires. Just the fact that, that this swung back and forth. So again, if, you're, if you didn't track on this at all, the whole Caicedo thing, Chelsea had been trying to sign him for months. Brighton wanted 100 million pounds. This was the same thing as Bayern trying to sign Harry Kane. Daniel Levy wanted 100 million pounds. That's what they wanted for him. And in both cases, the bid would creep up slowly, incrementally. Okay, what about 70 million? Okay, what about 80 million? Okay, we'll give you 85 with incentives. Okay, we'll do 90. And they just wouldn't get to that nine-figure number until finally... They're like, all right, fine. So Brighton, by the way, so in the Brighton's case, they set a deadline of Thursday night. Hey, we need to have your best proposal in because at the last minute, Liverpool, who needs a number six, needs a defensive midfielder, comes in and says, all right, forget it. Let's just get this guy. This is the best guy out there. Let's just pay the money. They got some extra money from the Saudi Arabia sales for Fabinho and Jordan Henderson. Let's use that to get a better player who's younger. They bid $110 million. Chelsea only bid $100 million. They bid 110. Brighton says, you're the highest bidder. Congratulations. They shake Liverpool's hand. Agreements reach between the clubs. And it's like, oh, he's a Liverpool player. Done. But the player has already agreed to personal terms with Chelsea. And kind of go, apparently went to Anfield, met with Klopp, and like told him man to man, I'm just not going to sign for you. I've already agreed to these guys. This is where I'm going to go. So the bidding gets reopened then the next day and Chelsea submits a higher bid. And the player signs and they've done the medicals and now he's a Chelsea player. But it was just like the, the U-turns in this saga of, okay, he's going to Chelsea. No, he's going to Liverpool. No, actually, he's going to go to Chelsea in the end. And then for Liverpool to lose the other guy they were targeting who decides to go to Chelsea too. Well, like, it's and the irony of all incredible. that too is Chelsea sits in the same uh, spot as Tottenham is not playing in Europe this year. Mm-hmm. So actually, you know, a bloated roster to sign, and I know they offloaded some, but a bloated roster is really hard during this year. And that's that was the reason why to some degree, if, if Harry was going to go and a few other guys, 
you're better off if, if it's probably Pochettino's in the same boat, but long, long story short, you're probably better off all do it one time as opposed to have to live through another year of saga to some degree. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, there would have been no saga la- next year. I mean, it would just matter of where Kane would have signed. Where he's going to go. Yeah, because it wasn't yeah. going to be Spurs. Yeah. So but anyway, it's yeah. just been it's been a weird couple days in the transfer market and with the season beginning. The season beginning was almost an afterthought, as sad as I know. that is. It's, I know. It's become the NBA has become like this in some sense i feel where the drama is where are these guys gonna go and then you you watch it play out and so it it's just uh i wish it uh i wish these things got resolved a lot sooner let's just say that we can roll it out but it was it was funny watching matches this weekend i didn't get to watch a ton but seeing the starting lineups roll out and just seeing so much change even with these big clubs like so many guys that have come in like chelsea's starting 11 was unrecognizable like all of these players who are new yep. and, and and honestly for them a lot of them are young which is good i think they need to you know pochettino is going to play young players that's going to be positive for them same thing with even like manchester city had a lot of rotation and they did kdb they got did. hurt so but just so many new names coming in it's a little bit like as we, as we try and link it back it's a little bit like the transfer portal isn't it where you have a lot is of it? new players on new teams every year and it takes a bit to get to know them. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't. It's going to make for a fascinating 38 matches in the EPL this year, Bill. No doubt. Well, hey, next pod, we can see where the Red Sox are. I still think they're in, I still, you know, they're, they're at least in shouting range. I think they're three back as we record this today from the wild card. And you know what, Alex, they've got just about their roster back right now. So, you know what? Uh, they got a month and a half. It's it's pretty simple. You just have to win series after series. Yeah, I mean, you just have to stack series wins after series, and then see where you fall. Yeah, yeah. They've had. It's been, it's been an interesting second half because they looked so good after the All Star break, and now have yep. had took taken a step back there. Didn't play great against Toronto. Have, have had some, nope. have some moments that it hasn't but they looked good. Back a little but, bit. but they bounced back exactly. So that's it's just that that ups and downs, the roller coaster right now of, of the dog days. So September around the corner. And this would be a good time for a little run. Got to go on a little run here. And as you said, put some wins together, put some that's series to wins do. together, and get yourself really back into the fight for the wild card. Yeah. Well, appreciate Mitch Stroman stopping by. That was awesome for us. I knew he'd be a wealth of knowledge, and he gives us a little bit of a taste of what we're going to expect from the team from Flagstaff. Yeah, a lot, of course, still to be determined with their starting quarterback situation, and that'll be a different team than we saw last year. But uh, it fun, fun to begin greasing the wheels a bit as we get ready for the start of football season, which is yeah, three, less than three weeks away from opening kick. Yep. So, yeah, yep. big thanks to Mitch for jumping on. Bill, great to see you as always. Always, always, Alex. And again, I, I, I don't know what hundred and whatever we're on, but holy cow, we're, we're rolling. <laughs> 136, the official Oof. number today. And as you said, 137 is going to be a good one. Stay tuned in two weeks time. Josh Fenton on the podcast. This has been episode two of the new season. Bill, we'll do it again in two weeks. We will. We will. Absolutely. Look forward to it. For Bill Shaves, for Mitch Stroman, for all of our behind the scenes team, Kelsey and Alec and Paul. I'm Alex. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you in two weeks.